welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this message and we pray that it blesses you. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. Um, it's so good to be um, speaking and sharing with you tonight on carrying on our theme, um, King of, Kings of Heart. King, heart, what am I saying? King of Hearts, that's what I'm trying to say. It's so good to be here and sharing from the theme, King of Hearts. You know, there is this phrase that is used and it is found in the Bible and, it, and it's this, a man after God's heart. And it's always interested me, this phrase, and it was said about a man called David who became a king. But with that statement, I believe, comes a question. You know, why was David considered to be a man after God own, God owns heart? What can we learn from David and what could we do to also be God and to see God and be the king for him to be the king of our heart? Now before all of that, I need to take you to the beginning. I need to take you to the beginning of this story. I need to take you to a time before David was even king, to a time when there was no king. Before we can understand David's story, we need to set the stage. For most of Israel's history, Israel had no king, had no king over them. They were governed by God. They had God's law when they needed um, defense, rebuke, or instruction. In this time, God raised up a leader known as a judge who would lead the nation in a difficult time. Gideon, Samson, and Samuel were all judges. You see, they had authority, but it was truly a God-given authority. As the prophet Samuel neared the end of his life and at his time of service, he started to work his sons into his family business of serving as the spiritual guides of Israel. Unfortunately, the sons of Samuel were no prize. It says this in Samuel 1.8. It says, His sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain and accepted bribes and perverted justice. They were not like Samuel. The leaders even met with Samuel. They came up to him and they were quite honest. And they pretty much said this, Your boys do not cut it. And they made their request to have their own king. The people said that they wanted a king like the other nations had. Israel was the only nation without a king. They wanted someone who was recognized as a human authority in Israel. They wanted what everyone else had. They wanted a king over the king of kings. Samuel was shocked. Why would anyone want a human king when God was willing to guide Israel? Samuel tried to warn the people that with a king, the people would also get taxes, a military draft, corruption, and government leadership. The people didn't listen. They wanted a king, and so they got a king. God told Samuel to give them what they wanted. So the king they got, God now made it Samuel's task to appoint a king among the people, and the one chosen to be king was named Saul. Saul came from a well-to-do family and was tall, dark, and handsome in appearance. Just check out the screen for this. Um, 1 Samuel 9.2, Kish had a son named Saul, as handsome as a young man as could be found anywhere in Israel, and he, had a, he was a head taller than anybody else. He was God's chosen one to lead the scattered nation of Israel, which was just a collection of tribes that did not have a central leader other than God and no formal government at this time. So pretty much what Saul did is he brought all these tribes together. He became the king. He rallied them up. And he was a great warrior. And he was a powerful military leader. And he brought great victory to the nation of Israel. But you see, the life of king could be summed up by a famous saying. And I'm sure you've heard it before. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Anyone heard that here this, this night? It's not how you start. It's how you finish. And this is something that God holds so close to his heart. 
All the while, while King Saul kept a close watch over the Israelites, and whenever he saw a strong-looking young man who acted bravely in the presence of danger, he took that young man and he would place them alongside him. He would place them in his army. In this manner, he kept making his armies larger. He kept making his armies stronger. But what was going on inside his heart was something else. When everything began to look and go nicely, King Saul seemed to forget that God had given the kingdom to him and that God could easily take it away again. Instead of being careful to obey all of God all of God, and listen to his heart, Saul allowed the feeling of pride to creep into his heart and to crowd out some of the fear of God. He began to think that he was wise enough to decide for himself what was the right thing to do. We could say he was leaning on his own understanding. In this moment, he was leaning on his own understanding. He was leaning on what he did. He knew where he came from and what God had done, but now at this point, he was just doing it on his own. And this was shown in a battle that he took. And in this battle, a nation that had caused great harm to the people of Israel during this war, God instructed Saul to do this, to act as his hand in executing judgment on the nation. And his instructions were clear, to destroy everything, so lovely, and everyone. But Saul did not destroy the king or the good stuff as they gained his bounty, the treasure. When Samuel arrived on the scene, he was furious. He was, Samuel was just so annoyed that God had clearly told him, Saul had spoken to him alone and said, this is what you need to do. This is how you need to do it. But Saul was having none of it. Saul's excuse was, as we were saving this for a special offering to give to the Lord. Samuel responded with these classic words and, and it's pretty awesome. And it's, this is First Samuel 15, 22 to 23. Samuel replied, Has the Lord as much pleasure in your burnt offerings and sacrifices as in your obedience? Obedience is far better than sacrifice. He is much more interested in you listening to him than in your offering the fat of rams to him. For rebellion is as bad as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as bad as worshipping idols. And now because you have rejected the word of Jehovah, he has rejected you from being king. See, that was the end of God's blessing. That was the end of Saul's reign with with God. God told Samuel that he was going to choose somebody after his own heart as the new king. You see, and this kind of raises the question I just want you to think about tonight is, didn't God also pick Saul? Did God think Saul was a man after his own heart too? You see, and I really believe in this moment that he was. I believe that God knew all along that King Saul would become how he did. However, he was giving the people what they wanted. Someone who looked good. You could see that in what I read to you before. He was handsome. He was tall. He looked like a king. And they wanted a king. So they made Saul the king. God appointed Saul to be their king. But now God was going to find a man of his own choosing. A man of character and of the king's heart. To show by the contrast the kind of king the Lord would honour. First Samuel thirteen fourteen says this, but now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him the ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. You see, Saul made a good start. God gave him a crown. He gave him a throne. He gave him a palace. He gave him an army. He even gave him a brave and powerful son. You see, everybody in the land looked up to this king. Everybody loved him. They saw all the things and they saw that God had blessed him and his kingdom. But God saw Saul's heart. And he saw this, just check this out, guys. He saw self and he saw the statement that was now written across his heart. And it was this, that I am the king of my heart, not the king of hearts is over me. 
At first, only God saw this, and then Samuel the prophet saw this. And then before long, all the people could see that something was wrong. Later, Saul lost his crown, his throne, his palace, and his army. And even his brave son was killed for all of this. You see, God is concerned about our hearts. Tonight, God is concerned about your heart here. You see, just look at the contrast of these people for a moment and you can close your eyes while I do this. You see, first, Samuel promotes his son as leaders in Israel because they are his sons. He seems to believe in his heart that the key of being a leader is the connections that you have. But his sons did not share his dad's character, nor his calling or his heart. Next, Saul seems to be choosing to be the king because of his appearance. The people wanted someone that looked kingly, that was kingly, and Saul seemed to fit the bill. He came across humble at first, and you kind of like him in the beginning if you check out the story. He rallied the people, and he seemed fit, and he had the leadership role, and he was anointed by God. But before long, Saul started to make compromises and ignored God's heart for him and for the people of Israel. He became a man who was prone to depression, to making excuses and had a very quick temper. And see, now we just go to a picture and we go to a stage where Samuel has been told by God that Saul, um, his time is over, you've got to go and find someone else. And so he heads to where God has told him, which is Bethlehem, and he knows that it's going to be one of the eight sons of Jesse, David's brothers. And there were eight boys and there was the oldest Elab. And when he came forward, Samuel thought he was the Lord's choice. See, we get the impression Samuel was impressed when you read this. Because before that, before he even went, God told Samuel this. Not to look at his height, not to look at his build or his attractiveness. You see, all the things that people are drawn to. That's why you're looking at me right now, you know. Because of my height, I'm clearly tall. Um, Because of my attractiveness, I'm clearly attractive. And yeah, that's why you're looking at me. Thank you for that whistle. I heard that. You see, God informed Samuel that there was a man that looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. But none of these were to be king. The king was the one the father did not even bother to show to Samuel. The one who was in the field with the sheep. See, many would even say that David was too young when he came forward. Today he would be dismissed as a common labourer or a kitchen hand. Picking him up to be king would be like going to a kitchen and taking the one that was washing dishes and appointing him to be the President of the United States, to appointing him to be the Prime Minister of New Zealand, or to be a king or a queen of England. This is what it would be like. This is how the world would see it. And we would see such a person as this is not qualified to do any of these jobs, but this is what God would say and he says about you tonight. They may need some training first, but they are very qualified because I see their heart. See, this goes against everything that our world seems to affirm or to exalt. We try to exalt those who have intelligence, charisma, giftedness, popularity and power over the heart. They're all great things, but if they come before the heart, then they're useless. If we want to be a people of God's heart, we need to start putting our focus on the heart rather than the person's appearance. And see, I'm not saying that we shouldn't pay attention to the way that we look like. That's completely unrelated. But if we just care about looks and never about a person's heart, then there's no point in the first place. Do you guys get me tonight? If you care more about yourself when you wake up in the morning and you get ready and you put on your flamingo top and you look in the mirror and you're like, damn, I look so good today. If you care more about that than you care about where your heart is, the way that you see yourself inside, the way that you see those that love you and speak life over you and you just completely say to them, no, I'm not. 
I'm ugly, and blah, blah, blah. Even when you looked in the mirror and said you looked great, if your heart is not right, but your outward appearance is, then you're not right. <laughs> God cares about the heart. He cares so much more about the inside out than the outside in. You know, we want to be a people of God's heart. We need to start putting the focus on the heart. I'm not saying that we should just not pay attention. You guys get that tonight, yeah? What would happen if we became a church? Check this out, guys. What happened, young adults and, and youth and, and the others that are here, if we became a people that was focused on developing a solid character? The heart. See, if we paid attention to much as this, as losing weight, looking good, and being successful in the eyes of the world, then there'll be change. There'll be change. If we cared so much as we did about the way that we look and the things that we buy and the things that we do, if we cared more about the character, the heart of somebody, as much as we do this, then man, the world would be a completely different place. The ones that lead our countries at times or the ones that we listen and follow, they would probably wouldn't be in power either sometimes. Because man, if we look at the heart of some of those people, then I'd be like, what are you doing? You know, see, there is three points that I'd love for you to take away from tonight. And see, the first is this. We must always remember that the goal is not to be like David. If our goal is simply to make ourselves better, then we'll become very frustrated and discouraged as Saul did. You see, the thought of God examining my heart at times, if I'm to be honest with you here tonight, it scares me a lot. Because see, I'm painfully aware, and I believe that we all are in this room, of the things that we try to keep hidden from others and try to keep hidden from God. See, we can and we'll learn many things from David, but this is what I want you to take away from David and why he was a man after God's own heart, is David looked forward to the one who would come and the one who came, that was Jesus. The first thing that made David a man of a a man after God's own heart was the total dependency upon the grace and the mercy of God and the love that he had for him. You see, David in his life, I don't know if you know this or if you've read the story and if you haven't read the Bible, then please pick it up because it's really exciting. Um, David in his life sent a great warrior, even a friend to the front line of a battle, check this out, where he would surely die just because he found the man's wife so beautiful and wanted to sleep with her. But when confronted by God about it, he did not make excuses for the fact that he had just murdered a man of what he did, unlike Saul, constantly making excuses. But instead he said, God, please forgive me. It is not how David started or what happened in the middle. It's how he finished. It's when, when God came to him and said, this is what you've done, David. And David's like, oh, that's what I did. But God, you can forgive me. I please, I ask you for your forgiveness. I love you. And in that, when God said, when David said that, God sold the heart. So the heart behind the words that he was saying, so the heart behind what he was now wanting to do and where he was going to go. You see, the first step to being a person with God's heart is to put our trust and confidence in him. The one that provides forgiveness and new life. We need a heart transplant tonight. I believe some of you here tonight need a heart transplant. It doesn't matter if you have met Jesus and that's awesome and that's beautiful. But when you met Jesus and for those, if you're here tonight and you haven't, then man, you need a heart transplant. You need an encounter with God that says, I'm not going to be living the way that I am now, the way that I see myself on the inside out, the way that I see others. And I just want to know you, God. I want to give you this. You know, God wants to be a person after his own heart. 
You need to first believe, obviously, as we know that he died and rose again, asking forgiveness and for asking him, God, I need you to be the king of my heart. The second, we must look beyond the surface and people. And this is hard. We are naturally attracted to the people who look good and have outgoing personalities. Something that has been a massive part of my journey and, and still is, is doing this. I look at people and, and I talk to them and I'm like, man, you're really boring. I'm going to stop talking to you now. And then I'm like, what am I up to? <laughs> Jesus would not see this person like this. Jesus sees this person as incredible, sees this person as beautiful, sees this person as unique. There is something about this person. If I ask God, if I ask Jesus in the moment to show me something about that person's heart, then I will know that I'll be getting on with them. You see, every person that you interact with, every person that you connect with, the young adults that are next to you, if you don't like them a little bit, I don't know, you will find something great about that person if you look. If you truly look at their heart, you don't look at their appearance or maybe the way that they pronounce words or maybe even the way that they sometimes say words. If you look at their heart, you'll find something that you like. Because Matt, you... <laughs> oh, wrecked <right to> me. <laughs> yeah, you'll find something that you like. You know, let David's story remind us that there is true, true beauty of a person is on the inside, not the outside. You see, the challenge in this is to see deeper and look harder. We must confront our own judgments and opinions to try and see people through the eyes of Jesus. And you see, the Bible gives us a really good way to do this. We should look for such qualities as Paul listed in Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. If we look for those who are sensitive, look for those who are caring, creative, and who live in such a way that we are drawn to love Christ more and others. And the third and, the, and my last point tonight is this. We must strive to be deeper people ourselves. See, people know, and some people here know more than me, if you want to maintain a healthy body, then you need to guard what they put into their bodies. They need to eat well, they need to exercise, you need to make good choices. In order to do this, you constantly have to work at it. Naturally, we simply eat what tastes good and is easy. We will eat a bunch of junk food. Constantly, I've always got this pressure. I'm like, man, I want KFC. But if I go home, there's food at home and I can make it and I'm going to feel so good. And put your hand up or make some noise. KFC sounds good in the head, but as soon as you eat it, you feel so awful. If you lied, if you, if you lie to me right now and say that you don't feel awful every time that you've at KFC, then you're a liar. And you need to check your heart because, man... <laughs> KFC makes you feel awful 100% of the time. See, the dirty bird. Thanks, Aaron. Uh, Solomon David's son wrote this. Above all else, guide your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Um, Proverbs 4.23. See, we must be careful what we watch and what we listen to and give intention to. To put it simply tonight, guys, it's just check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> you know, in Philippines 4, Paul told us this, whatever is true, and whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. See, tonight it must be a deliberate choice. We must make a conscious effort to fill our mind with what is true and what is pure. You see, we need to focus our thoughts on what God says is true, not the world. David developed a heart after God by thinking God's thoughts. 
by pondering the nature of God and by letting God's greatness captivate him. Everybody, please stand. We're always thinking about how we look, what we want, how we feel. And there is a place for this. However, the real key, I believe, to spiritual life is to learn how to focus on Him, to listen to Him, to learn from Him, and to marvel at His greatness. See, as you read through the book of Psalms that is in the Bible, David wrote, you will see, and so often he did, he reflected on the greatness of God in these writings. The book of Psalms is one of the most beautiful books that you'll ever read. You know, I was going to share this, and I just love everyone to close your eyes in this moment. Two nights ago, I was um, asleep and I woke up and I started having a broken sleep and, and I felt the room get really hot and I checked if my heater was on and, and my heater wasn't on. <laughs> and then my hand began to get really, really hot. I was like, man, the Holy Spirit is definitely in this room right now. And I looked up across and, and I believe in, in what I saw and, and, and for a glimpse I, I saw the Holy Spirit physically with my eyes, my actual eyes and, and he walked past me and I was sitting on my bed and, and, and as soon as he was here he, he disappeared again but what le- was left, I don't know if you ever of a plane that goes in the sky and leaves a trail in the sky but what was left was this um, was just this smoke, this cloud and, and the diamonds and kind of like the glittery colour was, was on this cloud and that stayed for about five to ten seconds. And after that, I began to cry. <laughs> I, I cried for two hours to be exact. And, and um, I, in that time I felt... Oh, scales come off and, and walls break down. And, and after that, after that two hours, and, and then went into an hour of... <laughs> The joy of God, man. I don't know if you've ever been in a time when you've just laughed and and, <laughs> and laughed. But um, that was a good time and <laughs> a really good time. And I really believe that um, here tonight that there is there's some people that have been speaking and you've been hearing about this heart and you've been wanting to um, you know be someone after God's own heart. But you just know there's something in the way tonight. And if that's you here tonight. I just love for you to lift your hand. Every eye is closed, it's okay. You see, there is a chance for you tonight to, to give something over to God. There is a chance for you tonight to, to give a part of yourself over and say, God, you are the king of my heart. No longer do I want to lean on my own understanding. I want to lean on your own understanding. I believe there was here someone tonight as as I was just sitting there in in worship, I just felt like God say that there is someone here that tonight that invited someone and they're really discouraged that they're not here and they believe that they will never be able to see, like Glenn said, you know, that thing of commission that they'll never be able to see somebody saved or no never be able to see their friend come into a church because they said no. If that is you here tonight, I would just love you to lift your hand because that is a lie. And you may already have your hand lifted and that's cool. (laughs) In this time with 
everyone's hand that is up. I'll just love you to just um, take a step of faith <laughs> and just come out the front. And um, what I would really love to do is once those people are out, I'd love us to all gather around them and pray. So all it takes is just, lots of you lifted your hand, it just takes one person. like this from people here to right now I was just sharing the story of um, physically seeing the, the Holy Spirit for that moment I believe that some people here that actually don't believe that they can see or feel the Holy Spirit or see signs and wonders or to see someone get healed or they just like it's for other people and I believe it but I can't do it um, I could never do it or a man I'd really like that to happen to me but I just know it will never will if that's you here tonight, then I'd just love you to come up the front too. Because man, God is a supernatural God. Awesome. God is a supernatural God and and He just wants to do things supernaturally natural. everyone else I would just love for you guys to just um, stand um, behind these people and just place a hand on them all of you don't go to one person that would be really awkward Um, please go to someone different